Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back to Tutel Nuanez, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you. A happy Monday to you all. Hope you are well. Thanks for being with us on this uh, Monday afternoon headed into evening. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, go ahead and give it a listen. You can check it out on the uh, To Tell Nuanas podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. It's available all the time, and it is there thanks to our friends at Blackfoot and our friends at Alpine Touch. Rate, review, subscribe on the To Tell Nuanas podcast. We appreciate that. If you want to listen live on the stream, you can do that as well. 1029ESPN.com. You listen live all the time to the station thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. A couple of things uh, uh, that are worth noting. Justin Ross, who I think is widely accepted to be the number one wide receiver come in, in this year's uh, uh, class drafting in drafting next year. Wow, that was horrendous articulation on my part. I mean, I mean that was truly bad. This last Justin Ross is playing class. football for in college for Clemson this yes. season. Yes will be available to go in the draft next year, which he is expected to, though he won't be a senior yet because he'll be eligible and will be the number one wide receiver off the board, presumably. 
is going to miss the entire season with a spinal cord issue. Mm. So it sounds scary. It it does. I I it sounds congenital fusion is the two words that I read. I quit right there because I knew I would not be able to comprehend beyond that. Uh, but we uh, certainly hope the best for him and his health uh, and his well being. Uh, and also, I mean, this is this is a major shift, man, to the landscape of you know what was supposed to be uh, you know quarterback hair guy and Justin Ross connecting on touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, you know, for the Clemson Tigers. So this is this is certainly major football news and uh, obviously major personal news uh, for Justin Ross. So we'll, uh, you know, keep you updated on that as we go. And I'm certainly we will find out more uh, in coming days with this uh, has just been reported. Coulter, we like to play a little game around here from time to time. We've been doing it more and more. I really like this because it allows great spontaneous conversation the way you might have it if you were just sitting around talking to a friend. Indeed. So it's called Blindside. We like to play this. Coulter's got a couple of questions for me. Uh, I have no idea what he's going to ask about what they will concern. I have a, a question or two for him as well. But Coulter, I will let you start uh, here in this uh, this version of Blindside. Okay. This is completely open-ended. Okay. I want you, without thinking too hard, I want you to okay. just right off the top That's of your head. That's hard for me to do. I want you, right off the top of your head, tell me the three greatest ath- high school athletes you've ever watched in person. High school athletes? High school athletes. In high school? In high school. Other than me? <laughs> yes, other than me. Other than you. Well, I mean... You've been a little bit disconnected in terms of watching high school games in person as a family man here these last several years. Um, yeah, I mean, but you did do a lot of play-by-play over in Western Washington. I, I, I thought I thought Max Brown as a sophomore for Sky Sky View or Skyline High School. Now it escapes me in which one it was. Skyline, the quarterback, was he at right? Skyline, yeah. Uh, the quarterback as a sophomore in high school was as as absolutely good as it gets, man. I mean, he was he was. So good, and he went to USC, and he has bounced around now a little bit, and has has materialized into, you know, nothing. Particularly, like nobody nobody knows who who this kid is on a national level, really, Max Brown. But right. at the time when I was watching him play, uh, it, it was it was remarkable to watch a fifteen year old playing varsity football in state semifinal state championship games in the state of Washington uh, do what he was doing and, and you know, throwing it to who he was throwing it to. The other guy um, who who is the wide receiver now, Coulter, that he was throwing the ball to? Now it's, it's escaping me. But um, I think Caden, I'd have to look it up right now, his name again, but he went to play for the University of Washington and sort of walked on with the Seahawks for... Cason Williams? Cason Williams, thank you, for for a brief moment in time. Uh, he was, you know, he was very good, certainly, and was a, a he could have gone a lot of places. I mean, he went to Washington because he's from Seattle, so it makes sense that he would, you know, do that. But in terms of a guy that was, um, you know, had the opportunities to go a lot of places... He was the guy, but also it's it's such a, I don't know, it's such an interesting study because those two kids were the can't-miss prospects at that time, and having watched them in fir- first person, calling games, interviewing them, and the like, you go, yeah, like whoever, wherever these guys want to go, they are going to go, and they're going to be really good, and you know what? 
Casey Williams was was good. He was he was a good college football player, totally. but he wasn't great. He was not. He didn't materialize into what the expectations were. And Max Brown certainly never, uh, you know, turned into that. Oh, oh, you know, ultimately, how, how much of that is just the high quality of the media in Washington, particularly Western Washington? So maybe the kids get a little bit better exposure than in a lot of other quote unquote rural areas, but then ironically become overrated. It's a, it's an interesting question. I, I, I guess I guess my question is for myself. Yeah, more than anything, because I think that some of the biggest busts that we've had over the last ten or fifteen years in college football have been guys that have gone to the Washington Huskies. But then I wonder, is that just because I follow them more closely, both because of where we live and what my background is and where I used to work? Do you remember when Austin Safaris Jenkins signed with the Huskies? Yeah. I mean, second coming. Done deal. Yeah. And it's like my brother always says, it's pretty hard to say a guy got drafted in the NFL is a failure. I mean, He's not. But but you thought he was going to be straight up like Rob Gronkowski, but he, right. he became he was never really as good as he expected him to be. Now here's a guy though that Jake did, Browning that had did so much hype. And this was another thing for me because I've always I've never felt good about projections from high school to college. Sure. How good are they going to be? Like for me personally, I don't I don't, I don't feel like I have I don't know. At, at times I've felt really strongly about guys and have been right, and at times I've felt really strongly about guys and have been completely wrong. And, I mean, I guess that's sort of the point of what scouting is and that kind of thing. But my ability to project and all that. But one guy who I, I went, wow, this kid's the real deal, watching him in high school, Kendrick Van Akron. And yes. he was a quarterback. Granted, it was for Bellevue who ran a triple option, so he's essentially a running back. Comes to you know the University of Montana, plays on the defensive side of the ball and is one of the all-time leading tacklers in the history of, of the program. Yep. And you see like what that development looks like. You see what it is to take a body and a projection and put him in the place on the field, moving him from quarterback, great athlete, this, that, and the third at a, at a, a tremendous Bellevue High School program and say, no, no, you're playing linebacker for us because we know you can run, we know you can hit, and we know you're going to fill out in a way that's going to, you know, be impactful. But he would be probably, I don't know, he would probably be the other one that I would go to on that. Uh, how about you? Give me your best. I, I got, I have, I have three. I asked you for three, so okay. I, I got yep. three. No, sorry, I, got, I, was, I got three. I was these, choking these are, on my coffee. These I'm are sorry. These are Montana guys mostly. I, I did cover some some pretty awesome guys in Washington as well. Um, I covered a kid named Rio Ramirez who was a four time state champion. He's from Zillow, Washington, mm-hmm. and he went on to wrestle at uh, Iowa State. I actually regrettably didn't follow his career through college because I moved back to Montana. I wish I would have because uh, he went undefeated in high school. At 171 pounds, mm-hmm. and I mean, just mowed through. I mean, it, the his senior year, that state championship match, there was 20,000 people at the Tacoma Dome mm-hmm. watching that match. It was unbelievable. One of the great scenes that I've ever seen. But uh, in terms of Montana guys, actually, two out of the three of these guys I didn't even cover. I just watched them while they were playing uh, against my brother, who's four years younger than me. We were never in high school at the same time, but I obviously still followed it closely. First one's Ben Roberts. Mm. I remember actually officiating an AAU game at a tournament in Missoula when Ben Roberts was in seventh grade. And he had a reverse dunk in traffic when he was 13 years old. And I was like, what? <laughs> you're like, you're, you're rubbing these seventh graders. There's, you're, you're impressed if they can shoot like a true jump shot, let alone this right. kid's dunking behind his head. 
when he's 13 years old, I was like, how, where, where's this kid coming from? Yeah. Unbelievable. And, and he, you know, I think that the truest testament to his athleticism, I mean, he, he, he kind of flamed out in baseball because he got in this weird hitting slump. And this is something that he had actually talked about, to me about in an interview once that he's coming you know, on this show. I mean, yeah. he couldn't get out of his own head. And so he just like had this slump that lasted. And then finally he was like, you know, what? I want to finish my high school or my college career having some success, and I just don't know if I'm ever going to get rid of this, but let's just transition. And then he comes and he's a borderline all-league receiver at Montana and then gets a shot in the NFL, mm-hmm. even though he only played one year of college football. Amazing. A true, yeah. true testament to his athleticism. The The highest basketball IQ and just the best pure basketball player, though, I have seen in Montana, and this is going to surprise you because he's not one of the guys that got all the accolades and and got all the offers and I feel I felt so bad for him because one he was a tweener size wise and two he just never got the opportunity that I thought he deserved but I thought Andy Garland was the best basketball player I've seen in Montana hmm. just in terms of his savvy but Andy Garland's a six three and a half six four power forward who doesn't have great hops doesn't have great athleticism yeah he will score 20 on you it yeah. does not matter who you are and I always thought, I mean, Jared Samuelson ended up having a pretty darn good career when it all came full circle uh, between his time at Rocky Mountain and the University of Montana. I thought Andy Garland was a lot better. He's not 6'7 like Gerald Samuelson. Mm-hmm. And that's not taking anything away from Samuelson. I mean, Samuelson averaged double figures last year as a, a the, the, the third scorer on a pretty good Grizz team. But Garland, I thought that his competitiveness, how his refusal to lose and his... Savvy combined with his skill. I haven't seen a guy like that. And then the third one, and I'll, I, I'll, I'll say this forever, and uh, this is the best high school athlete I've ever seen between my time in Washington and Montana and, and anywhere else. I've, I've watched high school football in Texas, the best kid I've ever seen. Okay. And I'll, I'll say it until I see somebody different. It's Tanner Roderick. Tanner Roderick at Bozeman High School when he was a senior was uh, – he was unbelievable. He, his performance throughout the state playoffs at Bozeman High to lead them to their first football state championship since 1917 was nothing short of uh, jaw-dropping. I mean, he I, I watched this kid throw for like 350 and run for another 200 in a driving snowstorm in Butte to just <laughs> lay it on the Bulldogs. Like, it was he was, he was unbelievable, and I, I feel so bad for him because he, he, he took the FBS carrot and went to Nevada because he was the perfect quarterback to run Chris Alt's system. He, he, I truly think he could have been like a Kaepernick 2.0. He's that sort of athlete. He's so good with his feet. He's such a great dual threat. And then Chris Alt retired. And Roderick just got kind of lost in the shuffle. Well, then he comes back to Montana State. And we've seen this so often, man. When kids from Montana go big and then come back in-state... A lot of times it goes pretty well, but when you're the guy that's from that town, Missoula guys coming back to play for the Grizz, like Jack McGillis did once upon a time in basketball, coming from Oregon State back to Montana, Tanner Roderick coming back from Nevada to Bozeman or to, to Montana State and playing in his hometown, the pressure is just so crazy. Because when Tanner Roderick first transferred back, people were like, oh man. He's going to be the starter. Yeah, he, he's the man. I mean, we're going to win the national championship. We got Tanner Roderick, and then he broke his hand first spring ball, and he loses the quarterback competition because he was hurt to Dakota Prukop, and they could never gain traction. So he has to learn a brand new position. The one game he was ever healthy was one of the most entertaining games I ever covered. Uh, a fifty-two forty-nine Eastern Washington win in Bozeman. Cooper Cup caught a 
touchdown in the corner of the end zone with about 12 seconds to go. But that was the only game that Tanner Roderick ever played for the Bobcats where he was truly healthy. He had five catches for 164 yards and two touchdowns. But he kept... He, your brother's going through the same thing right now. Yep. The bone, the little bone in your hand, it's not that painful of a thing, but it keeps, if you break it, it's more fragile, it's more fragile. And Tanner kept breaking his hand. Right. And then he would just get disappointed. And, you know, he ended up playing multi, a lot of football, but he was never the star people thought. And I always felt so bad for him. But he, in high school, I thought was peerless. Because not only was he that good in football, but he was, Shane Collins, and Tanner Roderick are the only two male athletes in the history of the state of Montana to win Gatorade Player of the Year in two sports their senior year. That in itself speaks for itself. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning <laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage and the fact that you left it i knew that you left it at my house you brought it over left it at my house and like a real jerk i said nothing to you because i was like well that's mine dude that's it you came to my house you left it in my house and i'm eating all of it we've gotten so far into this alpine touch obsession i think that i just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with alpine touch it would be short Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1290 ESPN Radio. Okay, here's my blindside question for you. You're a big NBA guy. Yep. The Board of Governors is expected, I believe, on Thursday to vote and likely approve a return-to-play proposal put together by uh, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. It is a 22-team proposal, which is uh, reportedly going to include uh, regular season and play-in games distinct from one another. Not, I, I, I guess not necessarily to finish the entire regular season. I don't know how you could without having all the teams there, but they're, the, the format is, uh, uh, has not been released yet in terms of what this looks like, but those things are included in it, but 22 teams is the deal. My question to you is this. If you were the czar of the NBA, all the power codified in the person of Colton Nuanez to do as you think is the best for all involved, and obviously it's financial, it's competitive, and it's you know timely because we're already buffeting up into what will be the start of next or what would have been the start of next season. How do you? How would you create 
the the remainder of the NBA season. We're talking about in a single site, right? Yeah, I mean, I, we're assuming that it's going to be in Orlando. I mean, let's say. I'm saying that you're you're you get to make that call because you know you you get to make. I think having it in a single site makes all the sense in the world. I love the idea of it, frankly. Uh, but that's this is I, I leave it open to you. But I just want to know like what I love the what the NHL has done, expanding the playoffs, but going straight to the playoffs, having essentially an added round with a little bit of a different format so that everybody's playing that's still there. Like there's no buys, so to speak, because there isn't such a thing as a buy in, uh, you know, in the NHL playoffs, nor is there such a thing in the NBA playoffs either. I must say I'm a little bit skeptical of like a truncated remainder of a regular season that doesn't involve all 30 teams and then play in games beyond that, which sounds just like playoffs to me. So I'm a little confused by this, not having seen what the format is. So I want to know what you think is the best. Am I allowed to eliminate the decision that they're, or I guess it's not really a decision yet, the proposal that they're going to get? Yeah, no, I want you to make your own. Okay, so here's what I want. I, I want the NBA to play every single regular season game. I want them to play the remainder of the regular season because I do think that you could build some pretty crazy storylines. You could, you could say, you could sit here and say the Atlanta Hawks right now are 20 and 47, okay? They are so far out of the playoff race. They are but they're 11 games back of the Orlando Magic, right? If the season was just cruising along as it had been, there's no chance the Atlanta Hawks could catch the Orlando Magic. But nobody's played games for months. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Hawks are, are really young. They got some young talent. First of all, I'd like to have that. If I'm the teams like specifically, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Suns, and the Kings, those are four teams that are not in the playoff picture right now, I would be lobbying hard to play as many regular season games as we can, as we can because – then you're going to get exposure for your young players. You're going to get some money from the TV broadcast. But you also get to develop those young guys. There's also a scenario where, again, if the regular season was playing out as it was, if we were just would have gone as it was, down 11 games with 16 games to play, you're not you're not cutting that down. But what if the Hawks just came out and went 12 and four, and the Magic came out and went? Three and thirteen. It's not unfeasible. It's very unlikely, but it's not unfeasible. And that could be some crazy storylines for the NBA that would get a lot of excitement about the league. You know, some team that was twenty-seven games under five hundred that then is chasing a playoff spot. Not only because they're playing well, surprisingly, but also because of the teams in front of them are fading. Let me ask you this though. Let me add to this concept that you've got yourself here. Okay, the if you there's 16 games and it's not every it's not the same for every team some teams got 17 or 18 some games teams got 15 but about 16 games remaining in the regular season in the NBA okay even at a single site that's that's like a month of play i mean you're not playing even every other night uh you know you could do a back to back type of deal but you're talking about I don't see how you play that in less than 30 days to finish out the regular season now that means and if right. you're starting I would think not before July one, right? I mean, isn't can you get started before that? I mean, I, I guess know. you're the czar, so you're making the call. But all I'm saying is this: you got a thir- thirty days at a minimum to finish the regular season, maybe more like forty, and then you have two months of playoffs. Even if it starts July one, it's September thirtieth that 
that you are crowning your NBA champion, mm-hmm. which is basically now normally, obviously it'd have to be pushed, but normally I think the opening of NBA season is what? Like October 15th or it's something usually, like yeah, that. Usually uh, the first, I guess the second or third week of October. Yeah. So again, is there a level at which you're just pushing the bump in the rug because you're going to have to move that back substantially it seems to me like at least a month if not more for you know the teams who do make it to the conference finals nba finals you know they need time away because this time away is going to be null and void after they've now played three months of of high-end playoff type basketball and so now what you start in you know end of november december what does that 2020 2021 season look like especially the regular season to try and get back on track time wise yeah, that's going to be the interesting part. And you don't want to ruin next season in favor exactly. of this season. But I also think that this is just this is a golden opportunity. You, you could show so many more teams on a national level because of this. You could have double and triple headers and really promote the league, which they already do a better job of promoting themselves than any other league, any other pro sports league. But how many times have you seen Trey Young on national TV? Right, not very many. Yeah. Right, so I would just I would want to have a spotlight for some of the really good young players. Like I, I have seen Trey Young on national TV a couple times. I have yet to see DeAndre Ayton play in an NBA sure. game on national TV. You got to get the NBA TV app or or you know League Pass Whatever to see some of these young guys that play for some of these bad teams. So I, I think that there's just a developmental angle there. Um, as far as what I would do with the playoffs. I think I'd go 16-team playoff, and I would go back to the the mode of the late 80s and early 90s where I'd have five-game series in the first round, and then I would have seven-game series thereafter. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing that's crazy to me is in the East, my ideal scenario, I think, is is just jumping into the playoffs. Let's go 16 teams. They're already set. And let's just go forward with that. Obviously, you're going to have to play some, I want to say pickup games, but some exhibition games that are meaning, meaningful in the sense of the guys are getting a run and taking them seriously to get back into basketball game shape. I don't think you just want to practice and then toss the ball up and it's round one of the playoffs. I think you need real basketball games. And I think that's why the league is trying to do some sort of truncated regular season just for the sake of guys playing. The other reason, though, that I think that they're doing it is because they want Zion Williamson and Damian Lillard and, you know, a bunch of guys on the Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, to be out there in front of people showcasing what they have. Here's the thing. In the East, Nothing bothers me about the teams that are in the East because the seven and eight seed right now are under five hundred. Washington's right. the nine seed; they're sixteen games under five hundred. Right. You don't deserve anything for being the ninth seed and just barely on the outside looking. And you're sixteen games under five hundred. In the West, though, here's what's crazy: Memphis is the eight seed. Okay, they're eighteen games out of first place. Portland is three and a half games back of them. But Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio are all a half game within each other, with Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento all being exactly 
three and a half games out. They're exactly tied. Their win-loss records are different, but in terms of what it amounts to, how far back they are of Memphis and tracking them down, they're, it's, it's a dead heat. So you have these five teams looking for one spot because Dallas at the seventh seed is not going to be caught. That would be a tremendous amount of fun, and I would feel for these teams who are all, you know, you know, good teams that have, you know, and by the way, they're not 500 either. Just so we're clear, they're, these teams are under 500 as well. So I don't, I don't feel terrible for them. But when you're talking about the the opportunity to get back into it and to watch the young stars play. Zion Williamson was hurt the first part of the year. We know the injuries that Portland has sustained and the struggles that they've had. I think that that would be a lot of fun, and I understand why they want to do that. And so I would feel bad about those teams not having a shot if you came back and just went straight into the playoffs, but that's probably what I'd do. I got a buddy who's from San Antonio. Yeah. Big Spurs fan. Right. He's always repping his Spurs how, gear. Spurs how, how many? What is it, 22 in a row? 28 in a row? Every time I see him, he goes, what's going on? They canceled the NBA season yet? I want him to cancel the NBA season. I say, why? Keep the streak alive. He said, man, we got the streak, man. Yeah. <laughs> 22 straight playoff appearances. They made the playoffs every single year since 1998. It's, I think, tied for the longest active streak in the history of pro sports. I think the 76ers had a 22-year streak. What about streak. the Browns? Have, have, are they? <laughs> I think that's the opposite side. Yeah, all right. Um, but he's always saying, man, we got to cancel the season. Cancel it because... We're not going to make the playoffs. Spurs aren't going to make the playoffs. We got to keep the streak alive. But so I think he's the only guy out there that's uh, him and the fellow Spurs fans. The only ones rooting against the okay. NBA season. Uh, it's two tail Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll continue some NBA conversation and specifically surrounding small market teams. The NBA probably probably the league. They they, they have to be the league, right? That has the most. Uh, one pro sports team markets, mm-hmm. right? Maybe the NHL with some of the Canadian franchises, but uh, uh, they got a, a bunch of teams that are in relatively small markets for professional sports and are the only show in town and want greater consideration when it comes to returning to the NBA and what they're going to get or not get out of that. So we will cover that right after this. Hey, last few weeks mm, haven't been necessarily all that great, right? Maybe some senses it's just been bad all the way around well here's something that's really bad stepping in a pile of poo in your yard right or anywhere for that matter but especially in your yard nobody wants to do it and nobody wants to do the job of cleaning it up well right now montana pooper scoopers they're going to take care of that for you you can avoid the poo in your yard with their weekly dog pick waste removal none of us want to deal with the dog waste in the backyard None of the kids want to do it. None of the parents want to do it. Nobody wants to do it, but it's got to get done. So go to MontanaPooperScoopers.com. Find out how you can get set up for a weekly waste removal, or maybe it's just been built up. Maybe you're out of town, whatever. They can come over for a one-time schedule as well. Get the whole job done. They service Missoula and Lolo. Montana Pooper Scoopers takes care of the job no one in the family wants to do. MontanaPooperScoopers.com. And again, mention this ad right now. Get $25 off your initial service just like that. MontanaPooperScoopers.com. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your rounds started right. 
That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Seattle Public Enemy number one, Clay Bennett, trying to make the argument for the small market teams. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. At Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN and Ask Island Sports MT on Twitter. You can go check us out there. We appreciate that. Follow along at your leisure and to your benefit, no question. Uh, Coulter, you ready for the real schedule of the kids that are coming on the radio this week? Okay. Got a little crossed up because there's two Jaces and there's two Elis. So, you know, keeping them all straight. Right. I mean, Montana State's gotten five commits over the last, I guess one was back in December, four of them in the last 10 or so days. And uh, I think it's interesting because University of Montana has no commits, period, uh, including in state kids. So this week, we'll be joined by all five Bobcat commits, kind of one after the other. That we're aware of, right? I mean, if you you could make a commitment, and you then, could, you know, you say, certainly could. Just you certainly could. And Montana had a commitment from Sam Bidlack, who's a quarterback yeah. from uh, Grants Pass, Oregon, who then decommitted to go to Oregon, Oregon State. State. Right. Jace Fisher, big lineman from Troy, he will join us tomorrow. That's Tuesday, five thirty. Jace Fitzgerald, linebacker from Dillon, will join us four thirty on Wednesday. Elijah Reynolds from Red Lodge will join us at five thirty on Wednesday. Eli Abbey, who's an athlete out of Laurel. We'll join us at 5.30 on Thursday. And Cade Cutler, who's a star two-way player from Flint Creek Co-op, he resides in Phillipsburg. He'll join us at 5.30 on Friday. Oh. One other tease for the week, we'll be launching our Senior Spotlight, which will be interviews with fantastic high school athletes from around the state of Montana. Heavy emphasis on Western Montana, but around the whole state. And we will kick off our senior spotlight, which will be a little bit longer of an interview with Lauren Hagan from Missoula Sentinel, track star, who is headed to the University of Washington and unfortunately got her spring season canceled. She was going to make a run at the all-class triple jump record that she already holds and also probably make a run at the long jump record, too. All for naught, but she's going to continue her career at... uh, University of Washington, so we'll look forward to having Lauren Hagen from Missoula Sentinel in studio on Thursday. Absolutely. Uh, Coulter, you uh, wanted to talk about this, the 22-team format in terms of uh, the number of uh, you know teams that are returning for the NBA 
season, whatever that season looks like, some regular season games, perhaps playing games, and then the postseason, uh, obviously means that there's eight teams that are not showing up for that, presumably the bottom four from each conference, I would guess, is how that, that would play out. But Clay Bennett, who is the you know managing partner, owner, whatever, of the Oklahoma City Thunder, formerly the Seattle Supersonics, who was instrumental in removing the team from Seattle and going to uh, uh, Oklahoma City, which happened in the way that many things happen with people in positions of power through lies and deceit. <laughs> Sonic Gate, watch it. If Sonic Gate, Sonic Gate, gotta watch it. Gotta know what's going on. Uh, in any case, uh, that's obviously not water under the bridge, but it is something that happened in the past. And the uh, uh, issue that he brings up, and evidently at the end of the Board of Governors meeting, this is as reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, is that he he thinks that a lot of the small market teams would be within the eight teams that would not be returning to. Uh, uh, you know, to basketball, so to speak. And that would mean that those teams would have nine months, March through December of next year, where they would not have basketball. And it would be, you know, a financial hit, certainly a significant financial hit without the resumption of a season, even if it is just, just quote unquote, the regular season. And he also said, look, there's a symbolic factor here as well. You talk about returning in full all 30 teams back like the whole league is you know is participating in this thing that there is something to be said for that as a matter of symbolism uh which uh, certainly i think is 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 a good point to make uh, on, on something like this what do you think about what he had to say and especially the small market teams that are you know Sometimes, you know, obviously considered a little bit less in terms of the, the, you know, you make considerations for the big markets and less consideration for the smaller markets at times as if you're if you're a league and association, et cetera. Well, one thing that I hadn't realized that he said that I was actually wanting to say during the question you asked me last time, but we just kind of ran out of time when you were asking me if I was the czar of the NBA, if I was the commissioner, what would my stance be? And I talked a lot about how if I was one of the teams that was not in the playoff race currently, I would still want the games to not only develop my players, but also to display some of the young stars in the league on a, uh, a higher platform, a more visible platform. And that's one thing Clay Bennett argued too. He said nine months without games, March through December, because assuming that the season's going to, the next season's going to start later as well, right? If the NBA comes back, they're not going to then start the, 2021 season in October, mm-hmm. they'll have to have an off season. Mm-hmm. So it'll be pushed back at least until probably Thanksgiving, but probably more likely Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so you're losing October, November, and part of December games there as well. That stunts the development of young players. And the reason the argument is even more valid this year is because so many of the small market teams that are not in the playoff race right now Portland, but that they're not they're not in the playoff race, not because they're young, because they've been hurt. But outside of the Blazers, you have the Pelicans, the Kings, the Suns, the Timberwolves, as well as And the Spurs. I mean the Spurs, uh, Spurs Spurs are a small market team. San Antonio's a huge city, but they're a one ta- they're a one professional sport market. And and San Antonio is sort of a huge city, but not compared to Toronto and Chicago and New York and L.A. Right, I think San Antonio has less than a million people in the, oh, no, in, the in, in, in the in the in the city limits. Obviously, there's sprawl and 
you know, Texas is different than other cities mm-hmm. because of all the suburbs you can have because there's so much land. Regardless, young teams, teams out of the playoff race, and small market teams are synonymous this year more than a lot of other years. So I think that their argument is accentuated because of that, right? Like, it's not just that they're small market teams. It's also that they're young small market teams. So then Clay Bennett's argument that you're losing developmental time, I think it's not just the money portion of this. It's just the basketball portion of this. Like, if I'm the Sacramento Kings, I want to play as many games as we can possibly play. Regardless if I can get into the playoffs or not, I want to play if I'm the Kings because I have a good young core. I want to see how they're meshing. I want to see what I what moves I want to make in the – upcoming offseason it's the same thing with teams like the hawks although the hawks you can't really say land as a small market but i think that there is some arguments here that's not just small market and the revenue element but it's also that a lot of the small market teams are young as well seventh biggest city in america san antonio san antonio by what metric because we've we've argued about population of what in city in the city in the city also, though, it's worth noting that uh, the square mileage of San Antonio is 461 square miles. So what's the what's the in the, what? Philadelphia is 134 square miles, for instance. So it's about three times physically larger than Philadelphia with about a similar population. Exactly. Right? Philadelphia is just ahead. What, what is the listed population of San Antonio? One million five hundred and forty seven thousand. OK. OK, here we go. New York, eight point three million. Los Angeles, three point nine million, four million, basically. But this is just in the metro area, right? No, no, no. This is the city. The metro area is much larger. That's what I meant. This is the city limits. City limits. Because right, Chicago, two point six. And this is where the caveat. This is where the caveat comes in, right? Because the the New York city limits probably bigger than the Los Angeles city limits. But then you talk about the urban sprawl of L.A. I mean, L.A. is like twenty five million people. If you talk about the Valley and Hollywood and. If anybody believes that there's 4 million people living in Los Angeles, I got news for you. There's 40 million people down there. I mean, it is everywhere. And that's why why it comes with a caveat, right? What's San Francisco listed at? Because San Francisco has a a listed population of somewhere like around three quarters of a million. But it's seven miles big. Yeah, San Francisco is 16th in the uh, country. Right. With how many? Eight. 181,000. In what, though? Seven square miles, right? I mean, isn't the city, the yeah, actual like city? 50 square miles, 46.9 square miles, by far the smallest. On, I mean, think about a square mile. I mean, if it's 46, it's less than seven miles by seven That's what seven I'm saying. Miles, that's like right? a yeah. six by seven yeah, square. And so that's why it does. It comes with a little bit of a caveat, right? Because yeah. if you'd ever call San Francisco a small market, you're, you'd be laughed out of the room. That's right. Because you got to include San Jose and, you know, the Bay Area. Santa, well, you don't have Santa to Cruz. include it. Well, right. That's the point. It's the city. I, I I guess what I'm saying is, although that statistic says that San Antonio is one of the seven largest cities, I, I would still consider San Antonio one of the smaller pro sports markets. I would totally agree with you. And especially, it has to do with population in some way, but it also just has to do about other teams. And on one hand, if you're the only show in town, good for you. You get to dominate that thing. But also, it's it just is going to be the case that when there's... You know, first of all, there's synergy with other sports teams in in the town. I mean, if you go to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's around the, the 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 calendar that they're just doing the sports things, and all the Penguins are going to the Pirates games, and and so on. Got and the so same forth. colors, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's the one other thing that Pittsburgh particularly has going for it. So you have all of that. So you know, I think that 
I think there's some valid points on this thing, but it also it's incidental that the smaller market teams are some of the teams that are on the outside looking in, right? Like outside of Golden State, the you know you could have a situation in which many of the small market teams were winning, and I mean in in the East, for instance, still it's still New York, obviously not there, you know there, and so they there's plenty of big market teams that wouldn't be in on this as well, presumably, but. You know, considering that the boat all sort of floats or sinks together, I don't know. And I would be interested to know, I think more than anything else, 22 teams coming back is for the for the eight teams that aren't there, what is their market share going to be? Because even if you're playing, you're not having home games. Like, nobody's having home games. Nobody's having fans. There's no gate for anybody to get. And I would assume that the revenue would be basically equally shared even with teams that weren't there because you need to buoy the league, right? You need the whole yeah. thing to work. So and television for, rights are almost always revenue shared. So I, I think the loss isn't even about the dollars that are coming in so much as it is about this extended delay where nothing has happened for these teams and for the fans specifically because they're still selling paraphernalia at the shops, online, whatever whatever it might be. And particularly right now, I mean, to your point, when are you ever going to get to see Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton play basketball? Right. I mean, this would be the time where you got to assume it's, it's going to be like C-SPAN in Congress where they just put a camera up in the gym and whoever's running in that gymnasium is going to be on TNT or ESPN or whatever it is, and they're going to show every game they can get, right? For sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and again, I think that they have a chance to have such a unique dynamic. There's never been a pro sports league that's taken a break in the middle of the year and then come back like the NBA will if they do come back. And right now, the Golden State Warriors are the only team that's that are actually eliminated from the playoffs. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Numerically. And so the biggest right. argument you could ever make for not wanting everybody to play is playing games that mean nothing and when the warriors are playing in a game it will mean nothing for them but there that's even only but an that's exception because guess who's back Steph right like who doesn't want to watch the the warriors play ball no doubt everybody no doubt and and yes you know Steph and Stephen Curry and Draymond Green I mean, those guys don't want to have on their resume last in most the wins in the history of the league as well as a 15 win season <laughs> I mean, what a bookend, right? They, they're going to want to go, you know, rip off 10 out of 15 just to get up to just the 25, to say, yeah. 23 wins, whatever. But I just think that it's very unlikely, but it's not impossible that you could see one of these young teams make a run. Mm -hmm. Like teams that have veterans, these guys might not be in shape. They might not want to. They might not have the desire. Whereas team, some of these young teams like Phoenix or Atlanta, the two that come to mind, I mean, Devin Booker could just go nuts, you know? And why wouldn't you want that if you're the league? Like, what if Devin Booker just comes out and Phoenix is just pushing for that last spot? Who cares if they make it or not? Say they win 12 out of 14 down the stretch and they're in the mix for the eight spot. And Devin Booker's, like, establishing himself as his rising star. That would be so cool for the league, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's 2 Tell New Honest, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll come back. We'll ride this thing out right after this. Hey, the Silver Slipper, they are open again for sit-down service. They've made some changes to comply with MCHD standards to help keep everyone safe and healthy. They have new hours. In the casino, they're open at 9 a.m. till 11.30 p.m. Then the bar and the restaurant, they open at 11 a.m. They're open till 11.30 p.m. They'll be opening at half capacity, and they'll move up now today to 75% capacity. 
plexiglass dividers between Kino machines, spaced out tables to allow plenty of room between groups. They also have extra sanitation stations and disinfecting schedule. Things are changing all the time. So, like the Silver Slipper on Facebook for the most up-to-the-minute information. Still have the friendliest staff in town. Still all about great food, tasty beverages, and having a great time. Visit online, silverslipperlounge.com, for more info. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Stop by today, south end of town, Silver Slipper, to find out why they are one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. It has recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Welcome back to Telling the Wanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, on uh, Twitter, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT. You can also track down the Tutel Nuanas podcast anytime you want it, wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, get it anytime. Happy to uh, have all our podcast listeners on board, podcast brought to us by Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. All right, Coulter. To your point, Los Angeles, San Antonio, San Diego, San Jose, four different cities, all in the top ten, all in California. Now, they do not all bleed together, let's be clear. Sure. Okay. San San Jose and uh, San Diego, a long way from one another. But how about San Francisco at 16 and then Oakland's down somewhere like 40-something? Right. Uh, a lot of people in California, man. And then all the things, like, you know what... Uh, where where where's Levi Stadium? Like San, what's it? San Jose. No, but it's Santa like, Clara. Santa Clara. Santa Clara. So Santa Clara doesn't even make the list, and it's it's where the Niners play. Right. But uh, but there is a discernible difference between San Francisco and Santa Clara and San oh, Jose. No. But there's not very discernible difference between Santa Clara and San Jose. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you ever been to that area? Oh like, yeah. Yep. The Santas. All the like. My uncle is a Santa Rosa. I mean, when you're driving around, you have no idea. You're you're just in the huge ass city. Look, man. When I went to when I went to college in Western Washington. And I crossed the street and found out that I was in a new town. I just had to laugh. It was just horrendous. I'm like, no, no, no. There's supposed to be nothing and then a town. That's how it works. If there's just everything, it's just one place. Call it Seattle. It stretches from Vancouver to Portland. 
Like if you didn't have the border and the river, it's just you know, it's just everything. It's true. Yeah, five true. corridor, man. What a deal. What a deal that thing is, huh? What is it like? Ninety percent of the population lives uh, in states that border the oceans and or the Gulf. Is that real? That's yeah. true. Wow. Yeah. So you know, we are. How about this? The Mountain Time Zone. Just over five percent of the population of the country. That's, That's the it? whole time zone. Yep. So wow. Shout out. To all the rural peeps, boys and girls, have a wonderful rest of your Monday. We'll come back at you with some more, uh, you know, whatever, social geography. Is that what we're doing around here? Tutel Nuwana's ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 